Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the ASU Sports Business Podcast. This episode is part of a series in collaboration with UNECA, the United Nations Economic Commission for Africa, as we look at how sport can support the inclusive implementation of the AFCFTA. The AFCFTA, which is the African Continental Free Trade Area, launched at the start of 2021 and is the largest single market in the world comprising of 54 member nations as Africa looks to continue its economic growth. We hope you enjoyed the first one um, that we've done with Dr. Kelly, David Luke and Dr. Gerard on lessons learned from Qatar. The feedback has been great so far, so thank you for that so much. So coming up on this podcast, we shall focus on sports advocacy and women's economic empowerment looking at how sports can aid women's economic empowerment and the various means and opportunities by which this can happen. And so we split this podcast into two. The first part, which you're listening to now, we have an excellent 30-minute conversation with Beatrice Chaitor. Uh, Beatrice is the senior services expert at the African Union. And we'll focus on trade opportunities for women and how the AFCFTA looks to further support and encourage female entrepreneurship and economic empowerment. It really is an insightful and fascinating conversation that we had. Um, not only do we you know, hope that you enjoy it, but also as well to really take some of the key insights and nuggets that Beatrice shares with us. Um, it really is great and she is a, a wealth of knowledge. And so before you can listen to our conversation, just once again, if you are not subscribed to our newsletter or follow us on the socials, then please do so. Um, it's the best way for you to keep in up to date with what we're doing. So enough from me, and over to our conversation with Beatrice. Beatrice, thank you um, so much for being with us today. It's, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Um, how are you and how are things going? Thank you, Gabriel. I'm, I'm very well, staying safe and um, keeping well. Thank you so much for inviting me to uh, to talk to you today. Now, fantastic. Um, it's great to have you here and really keen to speak to you considering your background in trade and services too. So I guess we can just jump straight into it. So the first question um, I want to ask you is regarding the opportunities um, around the AFCFTA. So what opportunities do you see um, the AFCFTA bringing to the African sports industry in leveraging as well as safeguarding the movement of sports talents as trade and services? Well, um, Gabriel, you, you obviously know that the AFCFTA is designed to open up markets for goods and services. It's supposed to boost intra-Africa trade amongst its state parties. Uh, but principally, it's supposed to develop and sustain regional value chains. And also, it's supposed to really be a path towards Africa's industrialization, increasing manufacturing, etc. So in this way, I believe the AFCFTA could sustain a sports regional value chain. So you could help bring down, it can help bring down the cost of sports equipment and goods. It can increase manufacturing for such goods and equipment on the continent itself. So the African, um, it can ensure that, for instance, there's equivalency and mutual recognition of uh, qualifications of um, personnel like sports coaches, sports medical equipment. Um, personnel, other management personnel, that way they can move across borders to provide their services. And then um, under the protocol on trade and services, you have business services that are 
part of the first round of the services liberalization and professional services are a subsector of those business services. So where you have professional services liberalized, then you can have movement of relevant personnel that are critical to the development of the sports value chain. And if you marry that together with, for instance, the AU protocol on free movement, then the AFCFDA could help open the doors for sporting talent and their supporting personnel to easily cross borders to play in the sports in which they have this um, competitive advantage. Um, and especially because Africa has so much uh, sporting talent, um, including amongst youth and women, um, I really believe that um, Africa could, uh, could do better with nurturing its own talent and ensuring that, um, for instance, various talent are able to play in different um, uh, African countries under the AFCFTA. No, brilliant. That's, um, that's well said. And I think you really encapsulated the importance of movement of personnel and the opportunities that can bring. Mm -hmm. And as a follow-up from that, actually, um, yes. I think mm -hmm. a bedrock or a foundation for any sports ecosystem is a sporting academy, right? And in on the continent in Africa, there are yes. a plethora of sports academies. So I guess I'd love to hear your um, perception or perspective on the role that these academies can play in being a vehicle, not just, you know, for trade, um, although that is very important, but also inclusion of girls and, and ultimately women's economic empowerment. Yeah. Well, um, I think such sports academies could, for instance, deliberately target coaching of girls and young women for specific sports activities, um, including areas of sports where women are underrepresented. So for instance, swimming, uh, tennis, table tennis, football, basketball, even cricket and boxing. So um, these academies could be places where the raw talent is nurtured into specific competitiveness. They can be places for girls to learn teamwork, to build their confidence, to educate them about the relationship between nutrition and the body. They could be mentored in leadership, in goal setting, in management, and even in the science of sports. So by deliberately um, focusing and identifying and nurturing talent amongst girls and young women, uh, such academies could support a kind of wider pool of available sports people and, and the role that they can play in the entire ecosystem, not just as athletes, but maybe even as management and in other supporting roles um, like sports medicine and by doing so and by having these um, sports academies, it raises the awareness amongst the wider public about the capability of women athletes and sports uh, people that they can be these managers, coaches, agents. Um, and it cements the idea of women's equality and it provides this vehicle for inclusion and more outreach for a wider group of, of stakeholders in the sports activities, I think. And, once you have these sports academies, they can then help to promote and push the inclusion of sports in the school's curricula so that you have um, inter-school competitions at primary and secondary school level then become a norm. They, they're not sort of something unusual. Um, then they are promoted, they're sponsored by the governments 
um, as part of the bid to raise the profile of sports in a particular country. Um, and then you could even have the government um, ask a high profile sports person to be the champion um, of that of a particular um, uh, sport or that particular uh, sports academy um, to make sure that um, you know sports is taken seriously. In the AFCFTA, we had had a champion in the person of the president of the of Niger, and that really helped to kind of um, raise the profile and keep the momentum going in terms of um, you know concluding the the agreement and getting ratification. So I think that those these are these are the ways in which the the sports academy can really help uh, the um, you know more inclusivity in terms of sports. Uh, again, wonderful answer. And I think just even from a couple of things that you mentioned in terms of, I think especially on the content, there's a plethora of great athletes, African descent, direct African descent, or maybe even further down down the line in terms of heritage. But what you mentioned about. Um, raising awareness of the supporting roles that can ultimately feed into intra-Africa intra trade in the long term and the yeah the roles that are needed off the pitch, so to say. Um, and I just want to actually ask you a question as well. I know in our previous podcast that we've done with uh, Dr. Gerard Akindes and Dr. Kelly and David Luke from the UN, um, we touched on lessons learned from Qatar and how that can be implemented with an AFCFTA. And previously, just now, you mentioned about maybe creating a system to enable that transition from education, from schools and whatnot, maybe into the wider, the wider workforce of sports, so to say. Do you think there are lessons that the AFCFT and Africa as a whole can take from, per se, the US, who maybe have a, a let's say, robust or streamlined um, system from college or junior levels into the main sports? Yes, I certainly do. Um, and I think that, um, you know, um, for instance, you know, Sir Africa now has to take advantage of our demographic dividend because by, by 2050, you know, the, 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 the world's working population will predominantly be in, in Africa. What are we going to do with all these young people? A lot of the young people are passionate about sport. And the thing about sport is that it brings people together. You know, you, you just have to look at the way in which we all cheer for the African teams in the, um, in the World Cup, you know? Um, never mind that when it's the Africa Cup of Nations, we're all nationalistic, but when it comes to the World Cup, we're all cheering for, you know, either Senegal or Cameroon or Nigeria or whoever, or Egypt. So um, I think you're right. The, the system is the systematization of um, of the regional value chain will be important, and I mentioned in in the previous uh, interview about um, setting out a, a kind of a legal and institutional framework. And I believe that it's going to be really critical to have that, to have these uh, sports federations or um, the sports academies or the, 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 the sporting clinics or, or councils or whatever. And then allowing the, the, the government needs to possibly allow the private sector to take on some management roles that really uh, uh, um, address this. So uh, setting out a system for um, identifying talent um, even through, you know, sort of community, uh, at community level, and then nurturing that talent, and then building the, the, 
the system around it to, to you know, for nutrition, for, uh, for medicine uh, and health, um, and then for, for access to technology. All of this really, um, it, 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 it really has to, to be um, seen in a kind of holistic approach and a whole of government approach. So we talked about tourism, you know, um, a lot of the time sporting activities, take golf. I mean, you, you, you only have to see the way in which uh, say Saudi Arabia or Dubai have really used um, uh, golf in that uh, way to kind of um, uh, um, boost their tourism. These are all, all very, um, you know, very interesting uh, um, ways in which uh, governments in, in, in Africa can look at that and, and copy those models. Um, the way hospitality and leisure has kind of been spawned by, by, uh, um, by, by, by sports. And then you see in, in the US, the, the rise in, in this uh, so-called athleisure um, clothing where people are wearing, you know, sort of like track suits and these nice, you know, velour type of, uh, of, of, uh, of clothing that's, uh, that's very appealing. And so, yeah, these are all ways in which you have to take a holistic approach, uh, but maybe uh, focus on one or two sports that you know that you, you as a country can become competitive in and then provide the support, the support around it. No, brilliant. I must say I am one of those people who have a plethora of these uh, athleisure outfits. It's very comfortable. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> let me ask you uh, another question. Um, slightly different, but even still within scope. So how would you um, describe the opportunities um, the ASCFTA presents to empower women economically? And most importantly as well, what are the ripple effects of this on communities and economies? Yeah, well, the AFCFTA um, actually talks about the promotion of, um, of, of gender equality um, as a way to transform um, Africa. So it, there's, there's clearly um, a recognition that women's empowerment and ensuring that women have equal opportunity is, is critical to the development of the continent. So um, I think the opportunities that are provided for increase in manufacturers, for uh, agribusiness, and then using that as a way for, um, for the country to industrialize, um, taking uh, uh, at the same time the increase that will happen in trade and services. So for instance, transport, ICT, financial services, energy services, construction, the use of professional services, all of this I think will expand the trade space for women. It means the job market will be open to women graduates, to young female professionals who can upgrade their skill sets to accommodate how the, 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 the AFCFTA will increase economic activity on the continent. Then I've talked about regional value chains before. The ways in which regional value chains will be made easier is by reducing trade costs. And this is what the AFCFTA does. So long as trade costs are reduced and investment in vital infrastructure is increased because a lot of the time, the startup costs, the, um, the, the, uh, the operating costs are just so um, high for women 
who do not then get access to um, you know, finance the way, the way other their, their male counterparts do. So if there is investment in vital infrastructure already so that you can take it as red, that you will, have, you will have roads, you will have ports, you will have bridges, you will have energy, you will have ICT, you will have some kind of financial system that you can rely on to do your business, then already the playing field is almost level. Not saying it's totally level, but it's almost level. And then if you factor in issues to do with IPRs so people can protect their patents, they can protect their, um, their copyright, then you also have competition laws that help to kind of ease the competition, the competitive uh, um, 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 uh, environment. Then you have a lot more um, space for women to operate and do their business. If you add in these issues to do with non-tariff barriers, harmonizing standards, streamlining and simplifying customs procedures, then you have a trade, a trade enabling environment. And that helps women because women in a way are already doing it. All they need is for these barriers to be brought down. They need people to get out of their way so that they can actually take advantage of the opportunities. So they need to connect to larger value chains. They need to move up the value chains to make sure that they're not like right at the bottom doing these little menial jobs. They, we need to encourage women to get higher up the value chain, get into industries that, that are associated with STEM. Um, in the tourism industry, they need to be the owners um, in the finance inter industry, they need to be the owners of the banks or the managers of the banks, that kind of thing. So um, I think there is a lot to play. To, there's a lot at play in the AFCFTA. There's everything to play for. And the, I, frankly, the opportunities are endless. Nah, that's brilliant. I love that. <clears throat> and I just want to maybe, I know you've spoken about, um, just now you touched on maybe some of um the barriers for women in terms of like high tariffs and potential areas that they can go into such as STEM um, and tourism yeah. but specifically especially um, yeah. a woman with someone in, with your title as a senior service uh, trade expert at the AUC what barriers do women and you face today to participate in services uh, services industries and how can the AFCFTA uh, contribute to facilitate breaking down these barriers for their inclusion in the the service industries okay yeah yeah so i've talked about the necessary infrastructure as i yep. said the lack of necessary infrastructure can create barrier yep. um uh it because it 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 it, it increases the it makes the, the the startup and operating costs high um then of course the lack of access to finance and credit most of them don't have the necessary collateral to obtain loans to get credit extended to their businesses. Um, sometimes they miss the opportunities for grants even. Um, then they also sometimes don't know where to look for the necessary information. They don't have access to the information to trade intelligence about where the opportunities are in the various markets. Or even if they know where the opportunities are, they may not know how to, uh, to, to get access to those markets because they may not have the complete information for their own particular product or their service. Um, so uh, they need to, to, to connect to business networks. 
They need to connect to, um, uh, to, to, to business associations and to um, these uh, hubs that uh, like incubator hubs that help them, but not just help them in a, in a, in a, in a, on a one, on an ad hoc basis, but perhaps continue all along the, the value chain to assist them to, to upgrade their, their businesses. But the most important thing, obviously, is to make sure that the AFCFTA really does what it says, that it will reduce trade costs, that women and youth will move themselves up the value chain, that they will be able to get into some of the more, um, uh, you know, higher value uh, um, uh, work uh, um, um, uh, and goods and services. And also that um, in terms of the, the digital, um, the coming digital trade that will, will come to Africa, because in the wake of the pandemic, we see a lot of innovation. We see a lot of enterprise now taking place. We've seen the rapid expansion of e-commerce platforms. We've seen, you know, uh, people just, you know, taking a chance and, and doing it and putting themselves out there. So um, it's important that, um, you know, uh, capacity building and training is provided for uh um, these the, for women and youth to transform their mainly comparative advantage into actual competitive advantage because uh, sometimes they may be competitive in one market but if they move into another market they they then get into certain challenges so it's really important that um, they get in access to information access to credit and access to um, capacity building resources to help them uh, in these markets. No, wonderful answer. And as you as you stated, I guess we're all excited to see how um, things play out in providing or get at least getting out there the information mm -hmm. for women and youth to find these places um, to help you yeah. know, with their innovative ways. Um, yeah. I also Absolutely. want to ask. Yeah. I also want to ask because yeah. you mentioned you touched on this. Um, Can I say one well. thing, Gabriel? Yeah. Go for it. In fact, in fact, I was I was going to say that um, now many African countries are now developing the their own AFCFTA national implementation strategies, um, and that tends to the the focus on that is on making sure that that those strategies are as inclusive as possible. And um, so they, the, the, they include these gender and youth dimensions. So there's really hope that act, actually development that comes from trade under the AFCFTA will really be inclusive because already the, the national strategy is looking at that inclusivity element. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that added point. Um, just a couple more questions, we won't keep you too long. Um, but what I want to touch on as well, um, yeah. So how can the sports economy um, help Africa diversify its trade away from commodities and towards manufacturing, um, for example? Yeah, I think that in the first place, we, we have to, as, as, a, as, a, as a continent, shift our perception of sports from just looking at it as just a pastime that these youth do um, that they just tinker at, that the government just pays lip service to. There has to be a way of looking at sports in its entirety. And that's why I like, 
you know, the idea of this idea of, of, of sports value chains and sports ecosystems, because sports intersects both social and economic parts of the society, and it can really be a tool for national development. So um, it's, it's important to look at the, 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 the way in which the sector is governed. So looking at the legal and institutional framework, um, you know, what, what uh, access to justice uh, systems there are. So for a dispute settlement, for instance, um, that will actually determine how the, the uh, sport can grow. Um, management of the sport is really critical. And so, for instance, you could have retired sports personalities becoming involved in the management of the of the um, of the sport, making sure that they help with uh, appropriate legislation. There has to be financial aid and assistance where, for instance, the sporting um, activities in the country have not really been supported in the past because to get up off the ground, um, sometimes they need uh, assistance. I think the AFCFTA will definitely have an impact on the reduction of tariffs for some of the manufacturing um, and the, the of, of sports goods and, and, and equipment. So production costs will be lower, non-tariff barriers, of course, and then standards, research and development. All of this will help to, 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 to um, in, you know, create a better environment on the manufacturing process. Then you have in the trade and services um, elements, marketing, branding, these are all business support services. They're supposed to be liberalized. Um, they can help sustain the sports economy. Then you have, you'll need um, uh, protection through uh, intellectual property rights, competition policy regime. These are all forthcoming under the AFCFTA. So that will all help in the manufacturing process and shifting away from just um, you know, commodities to, to looking at, uh, at, at a real service industry. Broadcasting rights, a lot of these can now be, again, uh, put under uh, the protocol on trading services through audiovisual services. They're now moving towards di digital platforms for, for broadcasting rights. Um, the infrastructure uh, for, for, uh, for sports, um, if there's a good legal um, and institutional basis, then the investment will flow then you will see construction of sports facilities. And these can be done through PPPs, you know, public-private partnerships. The hospitality and tourism industry can also assist with this because if you have large sporting events, you then draw, um, you know, different category of, of, uh, of tourism, including uh, uh, business tourism, depending on how, you know, the corporate hospitality goes. And then, you need scouting and training uh, of, of the talent um, and that can support ca human capital development, including youth, including women. The educational system can also support this, professional services, medical services, health and nutrition. So there's a very sort of holistic approach to this. So it's not even just the manufacturing, the tourism, the, the, there's also so much at play here. The rise in, in technology, um, the difference in, in uh, textures of, uh, of, of uh, um, jerseys um, for, for, and uh, uh, swimming suits and things like that. All of this helps, uh, even you know, running shoes. Uh, all of this helps to, um, to sustain the industry as a whole. So if, if it's looked at through that lens, 
then I believe that uh, any country in Africa can develop the sport, the sport value chain for the benefit of the, of the economy. Yeah, no, it's very well said, um, especially in manufacturing. There are examples on the continent as well of um, mm -hmm. organizations who are doing that, providing jobs. It's creating a, uh, a sense of pride as well because yeah. you know, it's made locally and it's going global. So no, it's a really um, yes. good point that you mentioned. And I also want to yes. touch on, this is my final question, but you even alluded to it um, just now when you mentioned about the opportunities within uh, broadcasting rights. So I guess just to elaborate on that, I guess from a technical yes. and also trade perspective, um, how can you know sports media and broadcasting mm -hmm. contribute to the economic growth um, within the AFCFTA? And I think especially during a time as well where I mean, we're recording this during COVID. Everything is, the digital age has accelerated because of COVID and using tech for innovation and things like that. But yeah, what is the actual scope mm -hmm. within, um, you know, sports media rights right. and broadcasting? Mm -hmm. Well, I think in the first place, sports media and broadcasting raise awareness about specific sports. Then uh, they also increase access to sports activities by the general public and you know budding players and teams. So, but in terms of AFCFTA, it provides economic opportunity through, for instance, sports writers, TV anchors, broadcasters, and that forms linkages to the rest of the sports ecosystem and to the wider um, economy. Um, and I come back again to the services liberalization agenda of the, of the um, AFCFTA, where communication services are going to be liberalized in the first round. And this will impact on market openings in telecommunication, audiovisual services, because that will be the necessary infrastructure to support media and broadcasting, whether it's TV, radio, print, digital, et cetera. So I think sports media and broadcasting will definitely benefit from those market openings. And then again, as I keep saying, with market openings, hopefully trade costs re will reduce. New investments can come into the sector that brings new entrants to the markets. And on the back of that, hopefully small and medium-sized enterprises are able to enter these markets, provide their services. Um, AFCFTA also envisages market openings in digital trade and e-commerce. So digital media will be able to grow on the continent, um, increasing jobs, raising incomes, and then even enabling more independent media to operate on the continent and where there's room for technological innovation, the rise of digital trade, then that brings finance, it brings investment into sports facilities, infrastructure, boosts tourism and hospitality. And it makes that particular country, as you said, more interesting to other nations from a cultural and, and a sports perspective. But I believe that in broadcasting as well now, um, especially with, uh, with uh, the fact that you know we, we most of us are have access to to IT services, in a way you then have new services, new um, uh, products coming into the market that then uh, uh, form part of the the sort of the virtuous uh, circle for for the sports value chain. So it's it's a very exciting time, I think, and um, and now in fact sometimes. Um, it kind of levels the playing field and makes almost anyone a kind of sports broadcaster because you could almost even do it 
uh, because of the, the, the access, you could almost even do it from your living room uh, um, and, and just uh, provide commentary on, 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 on certain sports. No, <laughs> totally agree. Um, but no, Beatrice, thank you so much. It was wonderful to have um, your insight on things and yeah, to discuss how the AFCFTA can help women's economic empowerment. Um, so thank you for your time and thanks for being with us today. Well, there we have it, everyone. Thanks again to Beatrice for sharing her insights. And before I just summarize what we spoke about, a key part that she mentioned um, was the shift in perceptions of sports on the continent, uh, people's perceptions of sports just being a pastime that the youth do. Whereas, in fact, sports needs to be looked at in its entirety as it can be a very important and strong tool for national development, both socially and economically. So now the aim of the AFCFTA, as mentioned, is to boost intra-Africa trade through trade liberalisation to facilitate and strengthen regional value chains, creating a foundation for a path to African industrialization. And looking at the AFCFTA through the lens of sports, um, this can be done in two ways. So firstly, um, AFCFTA can be a catalyst for sports regional value chains to help reduce the price of sports equipment and goods, manufacturing goods and equipments on the continent, which is a very important factor which Beatrice mentioned, as that will create jobs and help boost trade overall. Secondly, the sports industry can leverage the AFCFTA and infrastructure development to develop continental sports services such as football and basketball teams, which we've seen the growth of because of things such as the Basketball Africa League, cycling, which is huge on the continent, and other sports genres, as well as strengthening opportunities within innovation, media, and broadcasting services and sports. All these opportunities will in particular be facilitated by the AFCFTA's liberalisation in trade services and the protocol on the free movement of persons. Beatrice also gave a detailed view on how the AFCFTA can empower women economically and the ripple effects this will have. As one of the main aims of the AFCFTA is to promote gender equality, this naturally means that women's economic rights um, are critical to the development of the continent. So reducing trade costs, increasing investment in vital infrastructure, this will create a level playing field as women find it more difficult to source funding compared to uh, their male counterparts. And which is great is because Beatrice <coughs> suggested a, a great solution, which was actually incubators and specific incubators for women, which support them throughout the whole value chain um, system, um, which will be crucial in providing them with information to certain grants that they may not have had access to before, how to access various markets, um, and various other things which will be vital for the uh, economic empowerment of women. And lastly, um, Beatrice's view on the role of um, academies on the continent was quite interesting. As we all know, there are quite a few uh, academies on the continent. But Beatrice mentioned that these academies can deliberately target uh, the culture of girls and young women, especially in sports where these young girls and women are underrepresented. Such an environment will educate and create young women, not just to become the future athletes and stars of the continent, but also um, they will fulfill different roles, which will boost the entire ecosystem, such as management roles, sports science, and the administrative side of things.
So thanks again for listening to another uh, podcast. We hope that you enjoy this one with Beatrice. And as mentioned in the beginning, um, this will be followed up by a panel discussion that we have with three um, women involved in sports. And that podcast will go live um, shortly as well. But thanks again for listening and we hope you enjoyed. So take care. Thank you.